We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Giancarlo Navas, and with me today, it's Pun Master, host of the Dunker Spot, writer on Basketball News, Zach Lowe mentioned, person on podcast, ESPN graphic quoted, the great Nikias Duncan. How's it feel, man? You're big time now. You're aggregated. Your meme, it's not only your information, your jokes are getting aggregated. This is insane. What a what a weird week. What a <laughs> weird week. Uh, happy to be here, man. How are you? How have you been? Bro, trying to prepare for this playoff series has been hell. That's how I am. I sit down <laughs> at my computer once we get the matchup, and I was like, okay, open up all the tabs, right? I'm getting the stats, and I'm like, what film to watch? And I was like, well, I don't I don't really know if it matters, you know, to to watch and beat film right now. Um, you know, Harden didn't play a single minute with the Sixers on the heat. Um, I don't know how much I should focus on, you know, a maxi game. And he, that's kind of where we are. I watched, uh, it's tough. They played Harden one time this year. It was the mm-hmm. Brooklyn game. Uh, he ran, uh, according to Instat seven pick and rolls. So that's all I had. <laughs> the guys, that's all I had, dude. It, it, it's been, I don't know about how you, but I know you wrote a great piece for basketball news. It's been rough over here preparing. Yeah, like you had to throw a lot of the stuff out of the window. Uh, and this is why, and I talked about this on the episode of the Dunker Spot during the regular season. I was like, all right, cool. We're finally going to get Sixers heat. This is back in, uh, I think, early April. I was like, all right, cool. We're finally going to get it. And then the Sixers like rest half the roster. I was like, oh, well, all right, never mind then. And then the Sixers win that game, so I really don't know what to do with it. I'm just like, all right, well. But I, I was kind of with you. Like, I went back to the Brooklyn game to watch the Harden possessions. Like, okay, how did Miami defend him? Like, obviously, uh, the Sixers don't have Kevin Durant to also have to worry about. So, I'm sure we'll see something different. But that was kind of the <laughs> baseline I went with first. And it was from there to, like, okay, matchups. Because I think that's going to be the most important thing for Miami. 
And that's going to get interesting without Embiid because he changes completely how they'd switch stuff. So we're going to get into that in a second. Shmita Smolnik in chat says, best game of the entire playoffs, and G decides to podcast during it. Hashtag pray for Nikias. Why are you making Nikias do this while a game is on? G is a war criminal. <laughs> Listen, in my defense, I thought 6 o'clock the game would be over, and I scheduled this like before. And also, I have a dinner tonight. So, and I didn't know any of this was uh, happening. I didn't know. No, no, there I didn't know. I asked you, listen, I asked you on, I said, depending on if there's a game seven, uh, you know, can we do six? And we all said six and everybody's mad at me. I'm sorry. It's Sunday. Also, you know, I, Darren Jackson's going off. So the Warriors, uh, Grizzlies going on. Nikias is truly a saint for doing this with us. And you guys too, for joining us for this preview. All right, Nikias, let's, let's talk about that. Let's, let's get right into it. Let's talk about James Harden uh, and how Miami is going to defend it because I, I think it's pretty clear, especially without Embiid. You know they're gonna they're gonna help off shooters. They're gonna sink on every pick and roll. I think they're gonna dare him specifically to shoot as well, and uh, they're not gonna let him get in the paint or try to like finagle foul calls. And everything that they ran against Harden was a switch. I, they went under a lot of screens, which I think is kind of interesting because Harden is a good shooter, and the Heat are just like, no, we're going under. Uh, no, you, if, if, uh, Joe Harris sets a screen and flare, it's okay. We're going to show to make sure that Harden doesn't have the angle for the drive and then close out once you kick it out. Um, and I think that's going to be the plan and they're going to make Danny green and they're going to make, uh, Tobias Harris and court and whoever make a lot of shots. And they're going to say no paint for you as they do all year. They're going to help off the strong side corner and that's how they're going to play it. I am pretty much with you there, honestly. Um, you mentioned the preview that I wrote on the site. And one thing, the first question I had was like, okay, how exactly is Miami going to defend James Harden? Because he's going to be the focus of their defensive game plan with Joel Embiid out. And I think my exact phrasing was like, are they going to copy and paste the Trey Young game plan? And I was like, I don't know if we see that. Like maybe 80% of that. Like I do think there are going to be a lot of unders for Harden. They're going to want to keep him out the paint, keep him off the free throw line. I don't think we'll see as many traps against James Harden, as we saw against Trey Young in round one. Like, you just don't want to give the Sixers any kind of creases because Tobias Harris, um, as much as the contract has been a meme, like, he has been playing well over the last month and a half. He's shooting well from three, and he's also being as decisive as I've seen him in a Sixer uniform. And then Tyrese Maxey, who, if you feel like James Harden is the best player for the Sixers remaining right now with Embiid out, like, Tyrese Maxey might be the most difficult for Miami to deal with just because they don't have they don't have a guy that can deal with Tyrese Maxey's speed. And so you don't want to get to, all right, we're going to send two to the ball against James Harden. It's a kick out here. Now it's a kick out to Tyrese Maxey who's running into a catch. And now he's just attacking on the go. And now he's wrecking havoc. Because if he gets going, that's going to open up everything else for everyone else. So I think we see the unders. We see the switches. Um, if he does drive towards like the strong side corner, like you said, there's going to be some help from the strong side corner. Um, anytime Matisse Thibel is on the court and isn't directly involved as a screener, like Miami's going to send help off of that guy. And so it's going to be up to James Harden to knock down jumpers or basically force him to operate in tight quarters. That's something that he could do when he was healthy and a little bit younger, but we haven't really seen that in a sixer uniform consistently. So I think that's the bet that Miami's going to play. So yeah, I like what you mentioned about Maxi because that is kind of the element more on the catch and go rather than just him running a pick and roll. I think that's where it could get dicey with how much, and I, I think the way that the series is going to be played is how much help gets sent at Harden uh, and when Max is on the court. You know, I, I know Lois talked about this a lot, and it's been the story of the Sixer season. 
Harden and Embiid on the court together, they're plus 16 per 100 possessions, a 125 offensive rating, absolutely dominant. Joel, no Harden, you know, plus four, fine. Uh, Harden, no Embiid, minus 10, almost 11 um, per 100, right, uh, with a 125 defensive rating. <laughs> Classic James Harden. They're <laughs> very small. I don't think people realize because Embiid, is, they're very, very small, and they're very, very unathletic. Yeah, like the Sixers, even with them, be like they're not a great rebounding team. So now you remove him and you are putting either Paul Reed in the lineup, which I think he should be playing more. I think he's a solid young player. But I don't know if that's going to help the rebounding issue for Philly. Or it's DeAndre Jordan, who may help the rebound issue some, but then there's literally everything else. So Please play DJ. <laughs> if you're Miami, you should be able to control the paint a little bit with it being out. So I one of the things I want to see if the Sixers do is if they go Niang at center, some how much did they how much did they do that during the year? Is that an option for for Doc? Because really I think their best chance is, you know, their best chance is going to be with guard screens, you know, and having a clear paint for Harden so that he can pick on whether it's Hero or Duncan or Max or whoever. And I'm sure that those guys are going to be guarding shooters, right? So Danny Green or whoever is going to screen Flair. And Harden, you know, gets a one-on-one with 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 the with the lane to the rim. If if it's a center, I think it's different. But if it's you know if it's Niang, they can get a little bit of spacing, kind of what they did with him in Brooklyn. Is that something that they go to a lot? Should we be should we be like expecting that? What do you think on, on that front? Um, my guess is no, we don't see a ton of that. If I'm Doc Rivers, which I'm not Doc Rivers, obviously, but if I'm Doc Rivers, like I would honestly try to go super small in this one i think that's what you gotta do yeah like you want to space the floor out as much as possible for Harden just to make the drives a little bit easier make the help a little bit difficult for miami and also like it's kind of a bet to bam kind of a (laughs) dare against bam out of bio right yeah like i again like we we've talked about bam plenty on this podcast it's a heat podcast for crying out loud but he hasn't proven that he's a force the double team type scorer yet even when he gets going, like think back to his best offensive game. Think back to the Brooklyn game last year. We dropped 40 was Brooklyn selling out against him in that way. When he was torching Jeff green, like, no, it was just like, okay, we're, we're tipping the cap. Jeff green's going to do his best. Whoever got this time is going to do their best. We're going to force them to shoot, put him on the floor and we'll see what happens. And so if I'm Philly and I'm looking at what Tobias Harris was able to do against Pascal Siakam for most of the series and what he was kind of able to absorb body blows and keep things in front why not go Tobias at the five or go Niang at the five? If Miami says, if Miami's going to dump the ball to Bam and they're going to tell him, hey, go score consistently, Bam has the talent to do so, but he's not at the level where you're forcing a double or here he's breaking your defense yet. And that might, that plus whatever Bam does on the glass, which he should win that battle. But I don't know if that would be enough to where it outweighs what you could get on the other end of your Philadelphia with the spacing and what that opens up for Jamie and everyone else. It's that part to me is I think the battleground of the series because in the Atlanta series, I don't want to say the Deadman minutes uh, were, you know, it, it was not untenable, but they were minus like one and a half in minutes that Deadman played per hundred, and they were plus twenty something with him off, right? And and a lot of the backup minutes went to PJ at the five, and even in that game five, uh, you know, it looked like they had just leaned into it completely. And when PJ got in foul trouble, you know, mechanic checked in. But it makes sense against Atlanta, right? They're a hobbled 
team, right? You know, Collins and Capella were not themselves. You can kind of get away with PJ's physicality on two guys that weren't 100%, even if they were bigger. It let you switch more, and you're not worried about the back end because they're not 100, and you can keep length and size on Trey Young at all times. Against the Sixers, I don't know. I don't know how that plays out. I don't really think they're worried about DJ. With Embiid, it would have been different, right? The question was, how many non-Embiid minutes do they want to go with PJ at the five or Deadman, who has done a good job on Embiid? Now the math kind of changes. I kind of think that they still go PJ as a backup five just to juice their offense a little bit, especially against that bad defense. And I think that they'll survive on the glass. And they've usually gone like Caleb, Jimmy, PJ, which has been pretty good with like Gabe plus Tyler or Duncan plus Tyler. And, and that's been pretty mm-hmm. fine. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you on that. Uh, not too much overlap. I would probably go PJ at the five. Like Dwayne Detman's, it feels like the effectiveness for him has just kind of dwindled since the turn of the calendar for him. Uh, I think people forget like he came on what late last season and it was kind of a shortened season for him. Congratulations on and that, now- by the way. <laughs> oh man so now this is the first full season of Dwayne Deppman in a heat uniform that's a lot of regular season wear and tear and that's before you get into well bam it's the chunk of time so now you're going to need Deppman to play a little bit more so <clears throat> he hasn't been the same since the injury I will say that because he yeah. was good prior to that and he got hurt and it 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 was just it reminded me a little bit of Jermaine O'Neal uh in 2009 2010 where he was really good got hurt and was never the same Ooh, that's a cut I know, man. Good callback. My favorite Heat team. <laughs> it's funny. But, yeah, no, so that's that's my thing. Like, I, I don't know because, you know, you could switch more and, and stuff like that. But, you know, I don't know if you want to just take advantage and see if Deadman can just, like, crush him on the glass because they're just tiny. And he'll win any rebounding battle. You know, I mean, he's still a good rebounder. That is still one thing he's still good at. Um, mm-hmm. Defensively, I think we have, you know, some questions, him and a drop, all that stuff. Uh, but, you know, he's, he's still good on that. And so I don't know if you want to just hammer that that stake in the coffin or if you just go hey listen we're going to go pj5 we're going to juice our offense and we're going to go 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 yeah i'd I'd probably go with pj honestly um if you're going to play deadman like i think you would kind of have to one see who philly starts which i would imagine they're going to start uh deandre but then i think you only bring bring birdman gif (laughs) <laughs> there you go but <laughs> from there like i think you only bring Devin in when you have one of maxi hart on the floor so miami has shown him high against screens a lot of times points this year yeah. so you could afford to do that with one of them on the court and maybe that's where you trap that maybe that's where you get into the traps with like maxi if he's leading the second unit because that's the other thing with philadelphia now with them beat out like doc's gonna have to figure out like how does he want to stagger because he has staggered for the most part since the Harden trade. There was a stretch um, after the initial two-week run where he just didn't. And I'm just like, okay, why are we back <laughs> here again? You were doing the thing. It was working. Now are you going away from the thing? But <clears throat> now he's going to have to figure out what the rotation is going to be from there. So you may have some pockets to where you can get Deadman in, use the size to corral like a maxi if they're running high pick and roll with him, force the other guys to beat you. And then you get that value from him on the glass. And maybe that's where you find your pockets. But overall, like, I think you're prioritizing PJ in this matchup. I think so, too. I am worried about just too much relying on PJ because, you know, there's been a lot of injuries this playoffs. And they, he's, you know, they're thin on the wing, right? Their backup four is Caleb Martin, for God's sake. Uh, So, you know, I'd be careful. And I think that they're trying to split the baby with resting their guys. I think they're being careful with Lowry. They did, you know, it's weird because they did say, Kyle Lowry, by the way, Kyle Lowry's out for game one. 
should have probably led the show with that. I just assume everyone's on Twitter and everything. It's not how life works. Uh, <laughs> Kyle Lowry has been uh, declared out for game one. Embiid, obviously, you know, he's missing at, at least the first two games of this series. Can't travel with the concussion and the uh, fractured orbital. Suffered against the Raptors late in that game. Um, you know, so I don't know why he was in with up 30, but whatever. Uh, well, you see, you know, the other guys had their guy in, so he, he yeah, was yeah, obligated I, to be on the courts, what I hear. I don't know how you feel about this, and if you don't want to answer, that's fine. I, you know, I think in the moment, none of us knew that it was a serious injury. So, you know, Embiid, who was, you know, pretty chippy all series, you know, he got an elbow and, you know, I don't think anybody knew that he got hurt, hurt. I just think Siakam was physical on a drive and the announcers were like, good job being physical. I don't think anybody knew Embiid was going to miss time. And I just feel like that retroactively, that's been a little unfair. I think I get the outrage because obviously like you see this MVP caliber player go down in a second round series that was going to be like the second round series. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's really frustrating. But I feel like that's been a little unfair. I've seen a lot of people do that. And I was like, I don't think just because some Raptor fans are kind of icky and wish ill on him. This doesn't mean that that was on purpose or like the announcers were happy that I don't know. Yeah, like, I feel like it's, I guess it's kind of two sides of the coin for me. Like, one, it's a little bit disingenuous. Like, you watch the play, and you think it was just a physical drive from Seattle who gets the and one and directly after Embiid gets the airplane. So it's just like, okay, that's clearly what they're referring to. Like, I think the announcer says something to the effect of, like, that's karma or something like that. On the other hand, like, this is why you don't say those things yeah no you shouldn't but like <laughs> i but I, what i'm saying is i don't think he knew that it was bad i just think he just got hit and you're just like ah the guy got hit when he took you know hurt scotty and jerry trent or whatever so you know i don't a lot of yeah. pearl clutching when i think it was all an accident yeah like the, huh, there's the camera but uh i don't think uh <clears throat> like i didn't think there was anything malicious from seattle specifically like him and Embiid hugged it out after the game. Like, yeah, they're very much cool. So it was kind of weird to, like, see the play happen live and then see the reaction between those two after the game. And then once we get the injury report, then it's Siakam's 30, the Raptor announcements, announcers are cheering injuries and, like, some of the tweets and stuff. And it's just like, yeah, like, you probably shouldn't say those things. But, like, nobody in the moment was like, yay, good job, he got injured. Yeah. We are glad that he has a concussion and a fracture. Or, like, we no. don't got to hot take everything. Yeah, like let's 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 take a step back. Yeah, let's bit. let's let's chill. But regardless, Embiid out for those games, Kyle out, and going back to what we're saying, I think Miami's trying to split the baby, kind of resting their guys, rested Jimmy. And by the way, that's not the first time Spo has rested a dude in a game five. L- rested Dwayne Wade against the Bucks. Uh, chat, by the way, is just mad at me. Smeathan's like Morant going shot to shot with Seth, but G has Nikaias talking analytics, crying about thinking of. Uh, Crying, laughing, thinking about a game Nikaias is missing right now just to break down a game this one. <laughs> Listen, I don't know what to say. I'm sorry. I feel bad. You don't think I feel bad? You don't think when I read chat, I don't feel bad? You don't think I feel horrible? This is this wasn't supposed to happen. I didn't think there would be a game at this time. I didn't even know that there was a game today. I thought that the game was tomorrow. So I'm sorry. My bad. Chat's mad at me. They deserve to be mad at me. I'm the worst. Um, <laughs> it's all right. I'll, I'll watch the game either later tonight or tomorrow morning. That makes me feel right. horrible, but I love you because you are the nicest person who ever lived. Um, <laughs> Go rock it out. So let's talk about, you know, the defensive matchups. And it's kind of, it's difficult because, you know, we can't talk about much about Lowry or whatever or Embiid. And we can get into the series, how it'll look like with them later. But kind of what we have for game one, I don't know how I, I think Vincent – 
you know, on Maxi, you know, it, it makes the most sense. And Jimmy on Harden. But, I mean, they're going to switch that stuff anyway. You know, Bam, PJ, you know, you want them to switch as well. So, I don't How do you see the matchups going? I think the big question, Nikias, is, is Jimmy on Tobias Harris or James Harden? And I think that's the most important question. I don't know if you want him on the ball or in a help position. And I think that will dictate the rest of the matchups. Yeah, I think in an odd way, obviously you want Kyle Lowry to be healthy, but I think the Lowry injury actually kind of simplifies things for Miami in a way because now I think you just give Vincent the maxi matchup. I think you can stick with <clears> – um, I think you can go with Butler on Harden or you go P.J. Tucker on Harden if you want to maintain, like, your switches with your bigs. And I think you kind of go from there. If I, I was heading into the series thinking that Lowry was going to be ready for game one, so that's where it got confusing for me. I was like – I don't want Kyle Lowry on Tyrese Maxey. Like, I think... I would put him on Harris. Yeah, I I think in my article, I was like, let's get funky with it. Like, put Lowry on Matisse Eibel. Like, let Lowry be your roamer and let him take charges and help all over the place. You go with with Tucker on Harden. I mean, you go with Tucker on Maxey so you can switch that pick and roll when Embiid eventually gets back or whatever. Um, You go with Butler on Harris. And you let Max Struess take James Harden early on, like let like let him eat let him eat innings basically. Let him shade to a side, make him shade. That's uh, bold, shade Harden man. Strong side. That's yeah. bold because you're just inviting the clear out and isolation without even any work. I'd say like let's see what Struess can do. Give him a couple fouls in the first quarter, like have him shade towards the strong side so you can get that strong side help. Or again, if you have Harden on Matisse Thibault, depending on where he is, if he's in the corner instead of the dunker spot, you can have some extra help there. Like I think you do that and kind of um, <clears throat> like make Harden earn it early. Is that what you would, would do, be... or that's what you think Spo's going to do? That's what I would do. I don't think Spo's going to do. That. I don't think Spo's going to do that either. But that would be a funky. Yeah, that that was just my early suggestion. But again, with Lowry out, like you have the point of attack defense from Gabe Benson. I think you just kind of play it straight for the most part now. Just going under in a lot of screens, right? Mm-hmm. and daring him to shoot that pull-up, which he shot well, by the way. I think his his pull-up shooting has been a lot better than I think a lot of us would have thought this early in his career. Uh, I don't know how much you want to test that. I mean, Gabe could go over and they just send a lot of help. I mean, he had an uneven... I know that he had a good series against the Raptors, but the games that were bad were really bad. Yeah, like, it, it turns out he's not going to shoot, like, 60% from three yeah. over the course of a series. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I would still... I'd probably dare him with the unders early on at the very least. Uh, he is really good. He has a quick trigger. So, like, if your switches aren't as tight or as physical as you want to, like, he can shoot while you're mid-switch, which could be a problem if he gets going. But, like, I would dare him to beat you with the jumper first. Because if he gets going into the paint, like, he's tremendous finisher, really good floater, can get all the way down to the rim. And then the kickouts have gotten a lot better as the year's gone on. So, man, Maxie's the one. Maxie's the one that can really pop things up for Philadelphia in the half court. He's the guy, I think, in this... Obviously, like, I, I think the series orbits James Harden. And if you say otherwise, I think you're a little lost in the sauce. I think this... Whatever's going to happen these first two games, you know, it's going to depend on how... If James Harden is Houston, James Harden, then Miami's in for a really long two games. Uh, and the shooters are going to need to hit, right? So Danny, you know, has to be good. You know, uh, Matisse is going to have to hit a few. Tobias is going to have to hit some. Um, if we're getting the Harden that we've seen lately, I think Philly's half-court offense is going to be in for a long night, a long couple nights. 
the switches are going to be suffocating. And at that point, the, it's, it switches to Maxi of like, hey, create something surely, truly only with speed. Like, be fast and outrun, you know, a Miami team that, frankly, is not very fast. Mm-hmm. Who's their fastest that- guy? Is it Depot? Which is kind of sad because he's missing body parts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Is he? I think so. I mean, he's, he has the most zip on the team. Yeah. Do you, do you disagree? No, like a either depot or maybe bam might be a fast scout team, which (laughs) Caleb pre Achilles injury, but Caleb hasn't been the same guy. That's the guys. That's not talked about enough. He was a a guy that was making plays at the rim on both ends of the floor. And now he's an under the rim player. It's layups. It's acrobatic finishes, which are difficult. And he's been hitting them, but it wasn't the same as, I mean, he had that one dunk in game five, but that was the first Duncan. I don't remember how long it was. You know, every when he was on the break, I trusted him to get a finish because he had enough of a he had enough of an inside out, and, and he had that little euro step, and he could finish. Mm-hmm. But he's just not been the same since that injury. I think his defense has been good, but again, he would just muck stuff up as a helper, making plays at the rim. That's gone, and they still need him. Clearly, he's he's he was out of the rotation one game, back in. I think he's really taken a lot of Duncan's minutes, deservedly so, I think. Um, so that, that's that been like a sneaky development in Miami season that I think a lot of people, if you haven't been watching closely, aren't really talking about. Yeah, I will say just for Caleb, like this would be kind of a preferred matchup for him since he's still trying to get the athleticism back. James Harden didn't beat you with speed. Yes. <laughs> so, so I wouldn't worry about him. You with <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's gonna have to watch out for that. Uh, Caleb is a pretty aggressive on-ball defender, so but he has the length. Mm-hmm. So um, th- this feels like a better matchup for him. I'm, I don't, man. It, it's weird because when I don't think about it, I get worried about the series, and then when I actually think about it, I talk myself into no, this is this is fine actually. Um, what's Jimmy's 
what's Jimmy's job as a scorer without Embiid? Because, I mean, I think it's clearly pick on Maxi, you know, especially without Lowry, because Lowry, you know, gets the ball, runs the offense, Jimmy can screen all that. You know, I worry about non-Lowry offense with Jimmy because it becomes a lot of on-ball Jimmy or Jimmy Bam pick and roll, and that just hasn't been as fruitful as we would have liked. Guys just go under or they switch. And Bam can't hurt the small guy on the other, or the wing on the other, not even a small guy, a wing on the other end. And Jimmy can't get by size like he used to. So that element has been a little weird, but Philly's not that good defensively. And if Jimmy can force a switch of DJ or whatever loaf they have at center, I think that's ultimately a win. If he gets Maxi, you know, especially if Bam's not in the game and it's those PJ lineups, if he gets a small guard that's not hardened, you know, he could just take him to the hurt chamber. Uh, down low, which he's been really good. So where does his role fall until Lowry come back? Until um, it goes back, like, I think he's going to be on, on the ball a little bit more. Like, I would expect um, – I don't think we get a heavy dosage of Jimmy Bam pick and roll to start at the very least. Or at the very least, we're going to see some action run before that. So maybe Jimmy calls for a screen to try to get Maxie into the action, and then he calls for Bam to screen for him because on that – on that matter, like you at least you're pretty much forcing drop coverage in that case. Because we could talk about Bam against smaller dudes. Like you're not putting Tyrese Maxi on Bam. Like I don't think the comfort level on the switch is going to be there. So maybe he targets a smaller guard and then goes to the pick and roll with Bam. Or from there, if he's able to get a small matchup, I think it's just clearing aside and then letting him go get busy on the block. And then you have cuts going around. You have guys flowing around perimeter. So I think, especially with Embiid out, like they're going to be a little bit more willing to get downhill against Philadelphia. You should still be able to create some pretty good openings. What have you What have you made of them really erasing the diet of handoffs? Um, I feel like, especially against Atlanta, it was really not something we saw a lot of. Part of that is just Duncan getting his playing time reduced to nothing. But I, I thought that was something that they could go to when their offense gets a little weird. It's kind of their their wheelhouse. Against Philly, you know, DJ obviously drops. All these guys are, and even Embiid would have dropped. I thought that would have been an element to maybe bring back? Do you see a role for the handoff this series, or do you just think they're just going to stick with kind of what they've been doing, a lot of pick and roll, a lot of cutting, a lot of movement, not not so much triggering at the elbow uh, like they've been? Um, I do think we see a little bit more of a return to the handoff. Um, I think the other part of not being able to do so as much against Atlanta specifically is because they did play John Collins a little higher up. Onyeka Congo is a little bit more mobile, so you can play him a little higher up. I don't think we're going to see DJ at the level. That's going to be my bold prediction <laughs> for Philadelphia. I don't know if we see that. Like, I would watch the handoff usage whenever Paul Reed's in the game at the five, or if they do go Niang or Harris at the five, like maybe they're able to flatten things out a little bit that way. But, um, and I think I said this on the dunker spot, I think Max Struess is getting the opening script if we're pulling football terms here. Like, they're going to try to get him going early, test DJ out in the drop. Uh, this can be a Duncan Robinson series. And I, I think, think so. a lot of the handoff action is going to be designed with him against the drop as well. So I think this is kind of the series where they try to open that back up and see what they can get out of it. I think them and Milwaukee, I think that just bodes really well. And, and, and to kind of phase that back in, I think that makes a lot of sense. And it's why I like that match. That's why I initially like both of these matchups, even Embiid. You know, if, if you play Embiid higher, I think that's just a win for you if you're Miami because you can flip the ball around and kind of get behind him a little bit. Um, you know, even if, if it negates your action, him not being in Nikai has changed a lot because I don't know if you remember, and of course you do the game where they played in Miami, where 
Doc put Embiid on Jimmy at the end of the game. Shades mm-hmm. of when Vogel put Anthony Davis on Jimmy, and that really kind of ended. I mean, really ended that series. Um, Jimmy was able to solve it a little bit, but at that point it was too late. Um, that's the one element that I don't know how they fix. I still don't know if Embiid comes back and they put him on Jimmy. I don't know if it's just Jimmy screening for Kyle and slipping. I don't, I don't know if it's just more hero ball and, and Jimmy just tried to space out Embiid, but Embiid's just not going to help off. He's just going to help off of Jimmy in a corner or wherever. So mm-hmm. that's the one element of the series that I was worried about, but it, at least for now, that's not going to be an issue. Yeah. I don't think it's definitely going to be an issue to the same degree as if Embiid was there. Um, I went back and watched the, the bam, Jimmy pick and rolls um, from the regular season. Shout out to, uh, the redacted website uh, can't drop that on the pod, but so I have to go back through those for the regular season meetings and Philly was comfortable switching DJ on to Jimmy too. And so it's kind of a similar dynamic to the MB thing. Again, DJ is not Joel Embiid. So I think if you do see that in this round, Jimmy may be a little bit more comfortable. All right, we got the switch going to back, going to uh, retreat. We're going to charge it to his chest. We're going to retreat and get into a pull up midi. So there may be a little bit more comfort there, but I don't, I worry about those gaps being there though. I really, I really worry about that. And that's why I'm thinking, I think they're going to call for like Maxi into the action or court Miles in there, call him into the action first and then run the pick and roll with bam and just force him into a drop. So at least you get a little bit of leeway from it there. And those are, I think, and Jimmy is one of the more huntable guy, like a guy who's good at hunting. I think that that's a little bit overrated, a little bit of an overrated skill. And I've always said that, the, the people I fear most hunting are power wings, LeBron, Kawhi, you know, guys like that. Because if Maxi's hunting the Tyler matchup, yeah, we saw it go really bad that one game. It's just, it doesn't scare me as much as a bigger guy bowling over a smaller guy. You know, if, if Maxi's, if, if Tyler's going to force Maxi into pull up three after pull up three, whatever, right? I think you, you take that. It's not like LeBron, you know, getting Tyler in the pick and roll. And then you know that he's going down the hill and you gotta, now you're sending help from the corners and that's a wide open three in rhythm or it's a LeBron layup or a guy like Kawhi or, or any, or, or Giannis or these power wings that can just absolutely bull over when it's a guy like Maxi, it's not as scary, right? Or, or, or even like a guy like Jimmy, who's, you know, a power wing light. He's really strong. Get these guys in the action. So I like that for Miami getting him downhill. Spacing's a little wonky though. Uh, seeing, let's see how they help off off of PJ, who had a good shooting series against Atlanta. But prior to that, I, what was he like? He went like two months where he made like two or three threes, right? It was really bad. Yeah, it, it did pretty. This shit was pretty aggressively. Uh, NBA NBA leader in three point percentage. PJ Tucker was a fun time for everyone. He still he shot over forty percent for the year, right? Yep. Yeah, he was just really good. Um, so I mean, not that he was bad, but he was he was like in the fifties, wasn't he? At one point, mm-hmm. earlier yeah. in the year, yeah. I'm pulling up his. Uh, I'm pulling three point percentage. I think he was he was he was forty one, forty two percent, forty one percent from three in the year, ninety third percentile according to dunks and threes. So really good. Uh, not so good at the rim, fifty seven percent, thirty first percentile. But you know, we can, we take those. He, apparently, they have him <laughs> at fifty percent from mid range. I cannot recall a single PJ Tucker mid range shot. Are they just counting like everything that is in the rim or the three mid range? Because in Maybe. that case, like the, the, PJ the hashtag PJ push, yeah, that yeah. that might be what it is. I thought he killed Atlanta in space when they showed high on anything he did, and he was rolling. 
you know, he was just, he's so good in that in-between area from the, that man who rotates into the restricted area, you know, when he gets into that space, I think he's such a good decision maker, whether it's kind of that little dump off pass or whether he takes a floater or, you know, knows goes after his own miss and gets an offensive rebound. He's been exceptional all year in that role. Um, and to be honest with you, he's a little bit more aggressive than Bam is looking to score in those positions, which I wish wasn't the case. Yeah, does he? Does <laughs> right. He, have, he he has better intermediate touch than Bam. He has. Which, he's like Hassan in that way. Like they both had really good touch. Justice yeah, and Bam yeah. don't. <laughs> I, I will say I think Bam is a little above Justice here. Is that a source spot? That that hurt a little bit. I ain't gonna hold you. I'm telking you, guys. We used to talk about this all the time. If you just combine Justice and Hassan, you have a Hall of Famer. <laughs> What a sentence to say out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Oh, geez. Quick shout Sorry. out to Hassan, though. He had some he had some moments in the, the Utah Dallas series. He did. I think he listen, I was never anti Hassan. I think the fan base was way too hard on him. Um, I understand why he did not fit here. Um, and it it's very evident that he just does not have <laughs> the the personality. They like this the guys that they have right now are the guys that they want. You know, but, you know, shout out to Hassan, who's uh, hopefully will get a, a nice little contract after this year with Utah, uh, even though he had to back up uh, his buddy. Uh, <laughs> famous beef. Oh, man. Uh, good yeah. times. Good times. All right, Nikaias, kind of a couple of things to close this out. We haven't talked about what the hell are they going to do about Tobias. I don't know how much they should worry about it. Obviously, you know, he's the third guy, uh, you know, without Embiid, you know. I don't, they're probably not going to put size on him. Uh, I wonder how much they respect him in the series. And I think that's going to also dictate kind of a lot of how they switch and stuff. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we just see like a drastic difference in attention shown from game one to game two. Like again, this, Tobias has been as decisive as I've seen him, but he is also Tobias. <laughs> so if, if Jimmy gets that matchup, like I want to see how far Jimmy's cheating off of him off ball. Because if you just think about how good of a shooter Tobias Harris is, you're not going to do that. But, again, Tobias has the record scratch moments in his resume where he may be open. He's like, oh, well, actually, let me hold this and jab. And now he, loves to, he loves a jab. Very yeah, mellow-esque. <laughs> or he'll pump and it turns an open corner three, turns into a pull-up 18-footer, which he can make. But also, it's just like process standpoint. Tobias what he's doing. So <laughs> I would expect if Jimmy gets that matchup, he's probably going to test him. Probably gonna roll him off a little bit more aggressively than you would anticipate. And if Tobias makes him pay, game two, you're gonna see tighter coverage. And if he doesn't, it's gonna continue. So especially with him beat out, Tobias is gonna have to continue to be assertive, being aggressive, and firing on the move, keep Miami's defense moving, because otherwise we've seen what Miami's defense looks like when it's able to to key in on a guy and then rotate behind that. What they did to Trey Young was who boy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Chad's asking, are you sure Jimmy's playing tomorrow? I have not seen anything to indicate that he's not. He spoke to the media yesterday. He said, we have enough. You know, we're good. You know, he seemed good. I don't think Kyle spoke to the media. I don't think they let injured people like that speak. Um, so I, I, I think all hands on deck minus Kyle. Um, I don't, I don't see, I mean, I know that it was reported that if Jim, they had to play a game six, Jimmy would be there. Um, if Jimmy doesn't play that changes so much, but I, I just, the guys, have you heard anything otherwise? Um, I haven't heard anything otherwise. No, I was kind of under some last thing I heard was like, Jimmy could possibly play and he would have played in the game six against Atlanta. if they needed. I heard that about Kyle as well, which is kind of weird that he's not playing this game, but you know, better, better. I mean, I think the Embiid injury probably, uh, took a little bit of the sense of urgency off. So, you know, no Kyle, obviously. Um, let's talk a little bit about the series, how it's going to look if Embiid plays, because Miami has done two kinds of coverages on him. They've played him pretty straight up this year, um, sometimes sending late help, but really just really did a lot of one-on-one coverage. Last year, front, help, recover, you know, get the ball out of his hand and mm-hmm. try to force a turnover that did not exist this year. And I thought that was incredibly interesting. I was waiting for it and they just, you know, if anything, they send help late, which I like, I like the late help, you know, as he's making a basketball move, you kind of come try to try to force him into a mistake. I know that he's a much better passer. And I think part of that is, you know, his help, the, the, the Simmons help is not coming from so close. So he has a bit more of a spread floor, but I, I don't, how do you think they defend him? Do you think they go back to their ways? Do you think they run a little zone? How, how do you think that they would work him? Um, I think it'll be single coverage plus late help, just kind of pinching in early and then sending the double on a basketball move. That would be my anticipation there. <clears throat> because if you do go with the front and the back line help, I guess that that's going to depend on like where to put Matisse Stiebel at that point. Because if you go with my line of thinking, like everyone's healthy, Matisse Stiebel's in the corner, you have Kyle Lowry on him. If Kyle Lowry's making that back line rotation, it's either going to be a strip because he's Kyle Lowry, or that's just going to be free throws, period, because he's too small to do anything else yeah. if you're able to get that pass over the top. And so I think it just depending on what the personnel is at that point. Maybe you mix in some fronting. Um, so you do trans smaller if you go to the PJ at the five matchup. You have Bam in foul trouble, or that's just how the minutes play out with how Doc puts Embiid out there. Maybe you see some fronts there. Otherwise, I would probably guess it's just going to be straight up and instant, straight up peel some guys over, over a little bit early, try to restrict space, and then send a double on the move. How willing do you think they're going to be? to? So I, I think if he does play, they're going to try to matchup manipulate so that either Tucker or Jimmy can switch on to him from Harden. And... I don't think that's as big a problem as people might think. I thought Jimmy did a pretty good job on switching on to him this year. Really gets in front of it and makes that pass hell, uh, which eats a lot of clock. And I think, you know, you just want the Sixers in a late clock situation. Send that late help, you know, try to get a mistake and then force up a three in duress or whatever. I think that's the way to go. I I like that matchup for Jimmy. I mean, you don't love any matchup of Joel and beat on anybody, yeah. but you know, considering the situations, I I, I think w- when they switch, I think that's as good as you can really hit or PJ. I think that's as good as you can ask for. 
Yeah, and you nailed it there as much as uh, trying to do their work early and kind of bleeding the clock for Philadelphia. Because honestly, if you're Miami, you want to turn this into a grind. You don't want Philly flowing into things early. You don't want to feel rushed on the other end. Because um, as I wrote in the piece, like very quietly, Miami was not a good transition defense, at least not statistically. So you don't want to get into a trap meet with Philadelphia, who doesn't run super often. But if you're able to get like Tyrese Maxey out in space, if you're able to get hardened downhill and drawing free throws, or they're able to get downhill and kick out to some shooters, or you have Embiid running the break and stuff. Like, it, you don't want to turn into that. You kind of want to grind it out. So uh, the help is going to be very important for Miami. How do you think Philadelphia is going to defend the Heat without Embiid? Let's start there, and then we'll kind of move forward. Um, are we going to see I, – I, we talked a little bit about the drop. Let's talk about kind of the guards and the wings. Let's talk about Hero in this series offensively. You know, Tyler not having the best series – uh, he's going to get his diet of pick and rolls. He's going to get his, his time, you know, with probably Maxi on him. H- how do you see Philly doing that? They're just going to switch the smaller stuff and then drop their bigs. Um, how, how are they going to hide Harden? You know, how, how does this play out if, if Harden and a center are put in a pick and roll? Uh, what's, what's this going to look like? Um, I think you're going to see more switching than you saw in the regular season. Like, I think they're going to uh, flatten things out, especially with Harden on the floor. Because I think that was one of my questions for Philadelphia when they traded for Harden. It's like, okay, what exactly is going to be their defensive coverage? <laughs> Can't switch because you used to, bud. Yeah, like, it's – you are a switch defense with James Harden on the floor. And Joel Embiid, I think he has the ability to switch on occasion, but, like, that hasn't been his M.O. Like, he wants to drop. And he's played uh, – at least this year he's played a little bit higher up in pick and roll, but he's still primarily a drop big. So, like, how are you going to find the balance there? With him out, like, I don't think DJ has the same pool to be like, no, I'm not switching anything. So I anticipate a drop. But if it does turn into a switch all to kind of um, alleviate some stuff for Harden, then I wouldn't be surprised to see that. And I think this is, again, this is kind of the team to do that against. Like, if you have Jimmy on the floor, like, I think you're comfortable switching pick and rolls and just saying, all right, beat us with the jumper, we dare you. Or you're switching small guys on the BAM, like, all right, beat the mismatch, we dare you. And so against Hero, like, I wouldn't be surprised if we see <clears throat> more switching against him. And if we see more Paul Reed instead of DJ, then that's absolutely going to be a switch. So I think – I do think Philadelphia is a little bit more equipped now to kind of flatten things out with switches. Which probably helps them in a weird way. Not that they're better, but, you know, just the, the kind of matchup that it's going to be, uh, it's going to be – you know, a little bit easier for them because they can switch, which is Miami's kryptonite. Metal Guns in chat said Philly side is I'm not thrilled about. What size? They're small. What size? <laughs> what What are we talking about? DeAndre? <laughs> like what? <laughs> I don't I, like they're they're small. Like we're 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 the big we're the big kids here. You know, Miami <laughs> Miami plays bigger than they do. PJ plays big. You know, Bam plays big. These guys are play big, and without him being as Nikaya said at the top of the show, they're one of the worst rebounding teams in the league. Although Miami has kind of been weird against bad, like Minnesota's a bad rebounding team and the Timberwolves crushed Miami on the boards two games. So like they, he'd have weird things against like bad rebounding teams sometimes. Chat says without Embiid, they're in trouble with supposed wrestlers. So yeah, I mean, that, that's just kind of how it's go. Um, I'm, I'm, Nikaias, what did you see with Tyler last series? Because to me, it just felt like he wasn't hitting shots. And he just he he would get it going like he'd microwave for like okay eight points you know okay he'll have eight in the quarter and he looks good and then he's like kind of bad or he's like okay 
I don't think it was anything Atlanta did. I just think he was in a bit of a slump. Wasn't hitting his threes too consistently. I, I, I don't really know what to make of his series. A lot of people have asked, and I'm like, I, I just don't. I don't know how much to take from that other than, like, I don't think he really shot the ball well. Atlanta's kind of a sneaky defense. Uh, I, I don't. I wouldn't think too much into it. A little bit of basketball randomness. Yeah, like I think it's mostly him not shooting well. I'm not gonna rehash everything you said, but like I, I think that's really the gist of it. I will say, if he does see a ton of time on the floor with a guy like DeAndre Jordan, if he isn't a drop, like this has to be the series for him to kind of pop open a little bit. Like those openings are gonna be there for him. I think Atlanta was a little bit more willing to play aggressive or switch against them. And so I think that kind of hindered him getting into the rhythm that you would want him to be in. And so maybe this is the one where you can kind of find some pockets of space to get going. Because what did he shoot? Like 19% from three in the series? Was it that bad? It was was real bad. Sheesh. That's bad. I didn't know it was that bad. It felt bad. It didn't feel that bad. I would have guessed like 32%. Jesus Christ. If I remember correctly i should i probably should just have my article up but like i think he shot like 39 percent from the field and it's like 18 percent from three like chat saying tobias is big and danny green is long bro don't be scared of danny green at this point how old is danny green he fans are too they're scared are you scared of are you scared of gary neal too yeah i I am (laughs) but that's not the point he's you know we're scarred man oh man danny was pretty solid in the raptor series i give him that much Okay, Danny's like 35 years old or whatever. I don't know. I mean, I think the days of Danny Green being long and scaring you should be. We saw the Heat roast Danny Green in the finals. Danny Green was Jimmy Butler barbecued chicken. And Tobias <laughs> is not like this all-world defender either. He's fine. I wouldn't call him bad. I wouldn't call him a target. I wouldn't call him really great either. I think he's fine. So I don't know. Uh, let's talk depot before we get out of here. Everybody's asking who guards Maxi. I think we kind of covered that. It kind of really depends. Um, I think we'll see a lot of everybody. Gonna be, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah just about to say, like, it'll be Vince at the start. Yeah. Since he's in there. So, and then we'll kind of go from there. Ola depot. How did you feel about him in the Atlanta series? Um, I had to eat my words when I tweeted out, uh, he Twitter act like you've been there. A 12th man isn't changing your season. Uh, and he comes in and of course, <laughs> did you see that? Oh, no, I missed that tweet, but, man, that's funny. Because, like, everyone's like, you need Oladipo. This is bad. You know, we're going to lose. And I was like, guys, act like you've been there before. You know, Dexter Pittman's not changing your season. You know what I mean? Like, I compare this poor man to Dexter Pittman. Um, I was about to say, he uh, well, Dexter, he rearranged some things. Uh, he we'll rearranged. That way. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, this is a sneaky move. Um, so, <laughs> he, obviously, Depot looked good as my camera goes out again twice in one show. We love to see it. Uh, Depot looked good. You know, I know that the shooting numbers weren't there the first game, but um, how did you feel he looked on defense? How did you feel he looked on offense? What do you think he can give them this series? Um, I like them on defense for sure. Offense, I like the ability to get two feet into the paint. Like, I think that is a, a necessary weapon for Miami, specifically in the half court. You need someone that can kind of make some things happen. <clears throat> And I think there's going to be some room for him in this series. Like, I would imagine he gets at least a crack at Maxi at some point during this series. And with this turning into a more hardened-centric offense for Philadelphia while Embiid is out, if Embiid gets the Max Drews matchup and wins it, 
if he gets Duncan Robinson and draws and fouls, or if Duncan Robinson gets the Tobias Harris matchup and he gets fouls called on him, if Tyler Hero can't hold his water, like Victor Oladipo is absolutely going to be needed in this series because he's going to be the one guard that can actually hold his own defensively and create some looks on the other end. I We haven't seen him too much with Jimmy. You know, we saw a little bit late in game four. Um, you know, he, Jimmy, and Bam, obviously – you know, two, I don't even know if you can, you want to call Jimmy 0. 0.25 of a shooter and Oladipo 0. 0.25 of a shooter. So, <laughs> you know, they have like half a shooter between three guys, um, depending on the day, right. And, and how they're feeling. I'm not so sure how long those lineups can last together. Um, I think Depot with one of them is fine, but I think all three, especially if you're playing PJ becomes pretty cramped. And unless you're just going like an all defensive lineup, I don't really know how much that can survive, which is going to cut into Depot's minutes. Okay. I, I think that's fair. Like, do we think he's just, I mean, he basically replaced Jimmy Butler in the starting line when he was out in game five. Do you think he's just like the Jimmy Butler sub in this case? It's kind of weird mixed. because so normally that'd be Caleb, but like he and he and Caleb are playing a ton together. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, but I mean that, I mean, now you're getting really small if he's just backing up Jimmy. Um, you know, obviously Keith hasn't even sniffed the rotation, which I don't really think he should. Um, I think he should probably take some of Tyler's minutes and some of Duncan minutes. That's how I saw it. And mm-hmm. I, I would say a non Jimmy minutes, you know, you run him with bam or, you know, him and mechanic, you know, if you're going to go that route, you know, Deadman plus Caleb plus Depot and then two guards, and even though you're a little smaller, you know, you have, you know, those, those other two guys to kind of offset your size for rebounding purposes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think if you're going to play a guy like Deadman in a drop, you want Caleb or Depot on ball, right? Because they're athletic enough to, to, to kind of correct for a mistake or if they got, I think Vincent's really good, but I don't think Vincent has the athleticism to kind of make up for little mistakes like those other guys do. So I think that they can kind of like, you know, fill in a gap a little quicker than Gabe could, even if Gabe, mm-hmm. I think is less mistake prone than those other guys. So that's kind of where I am. I don't know if that's, it's weird. Cause they have, they have a surplus of guards. Mm-hmm. I feel like we yeah. always do this. They have always, have a, <laughs> always have like, we're five, always back five, here. Five, dude. Remember the drop? We were all we, the Tyler Johnson log jam. And now we're somehow back. <laughs> now Gabe Vincent's better than Oladipo. We're like, Oh, well, what do we do? And we're here again. Beautiful. I love how we got <laughs> We got to the second half of the year. It's like, well, Gabe Vince is going to have to keep it up. Max Drew's going to have to keep it up because otherwise it's going to be Victor Oladipo. And now, like, all three of them just playing well. And it's like, oh, okay, well, now what do we do? And then Duncan <laughs> is like, okay, where do we put Duncan? And then, obviously, Tyler has to – dude, it's crazy. And then they don't have – they, like, literally don't have a, a three or four other than Caleb on the roster. <laughs> like, they just don't have another four. Like, it's, it's Keith, I guess. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah P.J. Washington come. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, they're, they're guard surplus. So I, yeah, I don't. That, that's how I feel about Depot. Um, I think he'll. I think he'll play. I think he has. I mean, he certainly earned it. Fan base. Listen, fan base was clamoring for it. It is fun. Yeah. Nikai, that building was. That building wanted him to do well. They were rocking, and he. You can tell he loves it. Oh, he loved it. He's totally uh, not going to be here next year. But he. He was. Uh, loving <laughs> it. My guy's gone. He's getting like two twenty four somewhere. Bro, he's going to be a blazer so hard. Oh, He's, he was born to be that stopgap for the Blazers. Oh, man. Depot the Blazer. That would be beautiful. I think Depot and Lillard in the backcourt is not the worst thing in the world. You get a little bit of defensive juice 
you know, Dame's obviously a shooter. I mean, we don't have to talk about this. It was just, it was a joke that I kind of thought about for a second. I was like, hmm, but well, actually, kind of nice, kind of nice. Um, let's let's enjoy Victor Oladipo while we can. I love him. That building, absolutely. That building, I was there with Christian uh, for Game Five. Absolutely loved him. Um, it was great. It was special. I love going. To, I love going to games. I missed it so much. Uh, COVID, don't come. No, no more new variants, please. Please. And guys, I got to ask you as we head out of here, your picks. I don't know if you are at liberty to give them. Are you? I don't know if you have a column with your picks coming. What's 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 uh, what's the what's the policy here? Uh, no column with the picks coming. I actually tweeted out my picks uh, before the Celtics Bucks game. So I have Miami in six. Uh, Not Sixers in four. That's crazy. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I thought I was gonna yell that for not having Heat and five, but I do have the Heat and six. Like I, I think they'll be able to flush the Philadelphia enough defensively. Um, what if what if Embiid plays? Honestly, if Embiid was like healthy heading into the, well, I guess this version of healthy because he had the thumb thing anyway. Um, like I was kind of leaning Philly in like six or seven, but with Embiid out, like I think that that shifts it back to Miami. Where does Steve, your co-host on the Dunker Spot, where does Steve stand on this? I haven't, I'm going to listen to the episode uh, now, but where, where does he, where where is Steve on the series? Um, I'm not sure. Like he had some, he had some questions about from Miami, obviously. But um, I, we didn't make picks on the last episode. That's the fun part. We just kind of previewed the series. Like these are the things we're looking for, and then we moved forward. But we were still waiting picks. on the other. Yeah, we were still waiting on the other first round series to end. Like the end of the pot was like, hey. If Golden State faces Minnesota, what do you think? If they face Memphis, what do you think? Because we just didn't know what the, <laughs> what the yeah. result was yet. So we didn't make picks. So I'm not sure where Steve went in terms of picks this time. Um, I guess the only real question mark is I don't think Miami's going to have issue defending Philly. I think the game plan is I think it's pretty obvious, I think, given what they've done all year. And I think they've been pretty successful. I think the battlegrounds are pretty easy. You know, they're going to help off. The ball handlers, the, those other guys got to hit shots. Uh, and if they do, you know, Miami's going to have to start making adjustments and then that will we'll have a real playoff series. And for Miami, it's, can they score in the half court, which has always been the big question for the last couple mm-hmm. years, you know, except, we're back. yeah, we're back. That's always, this is going to be the question that's going to follow them up until they're either holding a trophy or they're facing or they're eliminated. You know, can they, produce enough in the half court and without Embiid, I don't see a reason why they can't. I think the Lowry injury is important because I do think they're off and I, there's no real statistical evidence to back this up. Cause I believe Lowry's on off with offense. Isn't like this huge disparity, but it's kind of like a UC thing. Um, and the regular season has a lot of noise. So like Lowry's on off in the regular season, the offense was 114 with him on 114.7 with him on 113.8 with him off. So the difference of one point in almost equal minutes, 2,133 minutes on 1,838 minutes off, right? Pretty negligible. That obviously I don't think tells the story. Um, I think Kyle is really important to their half court offense, especially in a playoff series because it gets Jimmy off the ball. And I think one of the worst things for Mammy's offense is Jimmy handling the rock up top. I think he just pounds too much air out of it. Sometimes 
as we saw with that end of that Hawks game. I think the mistake wasn't the final possession was the one before that where Jimmy's just dribbling out the clock when there's a fucking eight second difference. I still don't understand that, but whatever. Um, <laughs> but that's who he is, right? And if he's not able to get a small guard in front of him and if there's a little bit of switching or a little bit of drop or a little bit of size, I think it gets a little dicey if he's not hitting the mid-range. So that's the question for the Heat. Can you score? And I think without Embiid, there is really no reason why. I don't think that any of these dudes can guard you. I don't think Tobias can guard Jimmy. I don't. And if Tobias is guarding Jimmy, you know, you, you're, you're, I mean, if, if Tobias is going to guard Jimmy successfully, you're just going to lose a series whether Embiid's there or not. So, you know, I, I think they're going to score. Now, if Embiid's in, I think their defense is still not that great. As we saw in the Toronto series, they were able to, I mean, Siakam was just going by Embiid on switches. I thought that was fucking crazy. I mean, he was just leaving. You saw, dude, he was leaving that. I mean, I've seen Siakam do that at Anthony Davis, right? It's not like Siakam's not that dude, but bro, I mean, that was that was pretty bad. Like, dude was a traffic cone at times. Like, I was like, who are you James Harden or Embiid? Like, what's going on? Oh, gee. What was, what was the stretch in game five, I believe is what it was? It was like yeah. five or six straight possessions. It's like, yeah, we're just going to ISO this dude. I'm like, oh. That was very okay. Rudy Gobert of him. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> oh, I, I saw, listen. I saw, I saw, I saw a baguette there, and Siakam was just eating them. Pascal's that guy, man. He's so good. Um, but Miami could do some of that too, man. If you put Jimmy at the four, you know that's another thing that I think has reemerged. I think last year it was something that we didn't like. This year, the Jimmy at the four minutes, I think, have been really good. I think that's really what they've had to do by committee. Vindication, vindication. I've been waiting on Jimmy at the four. <laughs> Nikai, it looked like it looked really bad last year, though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But I, I was with you. I was like, this makes sense. And then it's like, wait, never mind. <laughs> it's because you know what's crazy? I don't – he's – I mean, he has like a similar build to Kawhi. You know what I mean? Like similar size. I mean, obviously, Kawhi has longer arms and stuff like that. But like I think the strength profile is the same. Like I don't see why. You know, they're they're both very physical players, right? They love the contact and all that. So I was always wondering why it never worked out. But – Something seems to have clicked. Um, it's going to be fun, man. I, it's The injuries really kill. It's take the air out of everything, as always. But, you know, we move. Hopefully, Embiid and Lowry can play um, sooner rather than later so we can get a real fun series. You know, obviously, what's going on in Milwaukee and Boston. Uh, who would you prefer if you're the Heat? Oh, jeez. I, I think um... Milwaukee, man. I think you just want to play as many drops as you can. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I think mm. the one consistent thing about their offense is that they have destroyed drop coverages. I think that's been the only time their half court offenses look any kind of survivable. And I don't know if you want to bet on what they did against Boston in that late game, in that late season game. Um, but I'd rather play Milwaukee. I- I've been there all year. I want I want the trilogy, man. Give me part three. Let's uh <laughs> let let's let's finish this. Yeah, I feel you. Like I, God, like I. You're a Bucks guy, honestly, huh? Yeah, and I know you love the Bucks. Your boy Middleton. <laughs> I'm assuming he plays. By the way, I'm I'm assuming he's coming back. Maybe that's presumptuous of me, but I'm assuming he's coming back in the second round, and I'm assuming he'll play against Miami if they both make it that far. You won't make it back with a four game series. I'm kidding, but <laughs> no, I was. <laughs> um, like I originally would say like let's see milwaukee just because they can still get in their own way in the half court and like you mentioned the drop thing gives miami some shots but also like um 
if you take away gaps against Boston's offense. That's what I bro, I've been saying that. A lot of listen, this is I was like, I don't know what we're talking about, Boston, because I've seen their offense look as stinky as ours. Oh man, I Marcus Smart's gonna flop his way to getting hurt. Did you see that today? I haven't. I haven't gotten to watch that game yet. I There's was a play where he flopped, and he literally almost hurt himself flopping. Uh, I was like, bro, after he went into the locker room with the dislocated shoulder, sometime in the second half, he did some flop, and it looked like he got hurt. And I was like, this man did not just flop himself into injury. It would be incredible. Oh, geez. Can I say again, I haven't watched the game yet. But, like, people should have anticipated. You go from Brooklyn who they're going to switch a ton, but, like, they don't have a lot of size. They don't have a lot of physical dudes. You go from Brooklyn to Milwaukee, like, there's going to be an adjustment period that needs to be made there. Like, Giannis, like, Giannis. Yeah, like, I don't know if you could think of two, like, front court stars that are more different in terms of offensive play style than KD and Giannis. Well, credit to the Bucs, because they went from Chicago, who, let's face it, defensively without Lonzo – not much different than Brooklyn uh, going to go into that. And I think that they adjusted well. Yeah. I'll push back a little bit. Cause like Chicago defended well in the series. Like I will give them their props. They were swarming around. Milwaukee just was better than them. So it didn't matter that much, but they, they bumped up the effort. Like they looked more like first half of the year, Chicago defensively in that series. It sucks that Lonzo didn't play and it sucks that DeMar didn't show up. But other than that, wow. Had to get that in there. Huh? I have to get that in there. What did he have the worst plus minus in the history of the playoffs? That's that's unfortunate. I, I hate that for tomorrow. I that's uh, I don't that's I don't feel any sort of way. I will just say <laughs> oh, we that know you don't. So stop calling that man better than Jimmy Butler, and let's stop uh, with the uh, Paul George thing. Uh, we got to stop. Put that to rest. I'm sorry. I don't want to hear that ever again. Well, do, do you feel better getting it off your chest? I actually do. I haven't gotten it off on a public forum. <laughs> and I feel bad because there's some there are some people on Chicago Twitter that I like and I don't want to be mean to them. You know, can I don't I don't want to be the party pooper. Listen, I we know that I'm a hater. You know what I mean? I know yes. I'm a hater. You know I'm we're everybody knows that I am a hater first and foremost. I love I don't love basketball. I love hating on the Sixers and DeMar DeRozan and the Celtics. <laughs> then I like the Heat, the Raptors, and the Warriors. Right. That's like the order of things I like, you know, being a hater, my team, my other two teams um, or the other teams I like watching uh, play. Mm-hmm. Warriors are so fun, man. I love them. Seth, Seth's awesome. I'm not even going to hide it anymore. That team is I hope they make the finals. Oh, and hating on the Suns. I like hating on the Suns. Um, Wait, why do you like hating on the Suns? We have history, man. The, the whole Justice Devin thing. The Justice better thing. Okay. Yeah, I got. I have to. And it's just they. I don't. You know what it is, Nikias? I get upset when like really bad organizations fall ass backwards into success. The Lakers, the Suns, they had the goats pooping in the damn office. I'll never forget that story where James Jones, they had some sort of event for season ticket holders. And then James Jones had to give out coupons or something because like the event didn't happen. And it's just champion James Jones just handing out season ticket holders. I'm sorry. And I was like, that organization doesn't deserve these nice things. Also, the Aiden pick over Luca is like the dumbest shit ever, and I hate that that worked out for them. It was so <laughs> stupid. That's not talked about enough. That was ridiculous. They had Luca's coach on staff. And it's like, like the dumbest go. thing on earth. It's like that dude is obviously it's easy to make fun of him because he's a maverick and he he looks a little chunky. That dude is a problem. 
that dude, if he has like a real team around him, he's never had a real team around him because Dallas is incompetent too. If that dude has a real team around him with like real shooting and like a real rolling big, the team's fucked. Not, like not the world's fucked. I will slander well. I mean, if, <laughs> if they get the French dude and like a shooter, bro, watch out. Well, uh, Rudy Gobert to the Mavericks. You heard it here first. And I'm in the Raptors. But yeah, that's our show, <laughs> people. Uh, thank you for joining us. Follow Nikias at Nikias NBA Santa Hat Master. Uh, listen to him on the Dunker Spot with Steve Jones Jr. Best in the biz, truly. Uh, read his stuff on basketball news. You can find me at Janavis103. Thank you to the YouTube audience. We love you. Please subscribe. I know that y'all are watching and not subscribing. Stop that. Please. It's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, why do our views outweigh our subs every time? I know that y'all are watching. Hit that subscribe button. You get We post a lot of stuff. You know, you'll get notified, and it really helps us. If you want to fight, help want to help fight us, the algorithm. If you want to help us fight the algorithm, I can't speak. Uh, please subscribe. Thank you to our pod audience. We love you. Everything is possible because of you guys. We're the OGs. We appreciate everything that you guys do. Remember, we have the Weird Al pregame show tomorrow, which is Monday, the day the series starts. One hour special. Me, Frankie, Kenny, breaking down the series. Maybe we'll bring a little film, our segments, our fun little segments, imaging. All that good stuff. And, of course, the Hangover Time postgame show hosted by the great Alphonse Sidney with producer Brass Jazz, who Nikaya, somebody in the YouTube comments said, the most talented white man I've ever seen. So <laughs> <laughs> tune into the Hangover Time postgame show to watch our hijinks there. Uh, I appreciate y'all. And, uh, you know, it's always heating five, y'all. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.